obviously, you know, the ecosystem built on retailers served a purpose, was able to help a lot of us make a living, and it still does. But it's becoming slightly less effective because the whole industry is shifting towards the super fans. That's why we see the rise of crowdfunding. That's why the rise of all these sort of business models that are based around super fans. And I think it's a really big shift, especially because we're seeing with the rise of generative AI technologies, these new ways of doing things, that the casual readers, there we love them, they exist, that's great. We can be casual readers of many people. But what's actually gonna drive your business and make what you're doing sustainable is the super fans. And you need to build a business model for them. And one of the only real things that makes sense to do for your super fans that is that business model, is subscriptions. Welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Meet your co-hosts, Michael Evans, sci-fi thriller author of a dozen novels, and Amelia Rose, a semi-romance author that makes six figures per year in subscriptions. Together, we will help you make more money with subscriptions and succeed in the future of publishing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Subscriptions for Authors podcast. And today we have a very important question, which is, should you start a subscription? I know it's weird that we're asking this question because we're on the Subscriptions for Authors podcast. One might assume everyone has a subscription here and maybe you're the only one listening that doesn't, but that is likely not true. Why we said is because we've been doing surveys of new members who come into the Facebook group for like well over a year now. And regularly, 70% of people say that they haven't started a subscription yet, but they want to start one. So in fact, if you are, should you start a subscription question, haven't yet, wondering if and when you should take the leap, you're probably like most of us listening here and we want to help you today. So me and Amelia are going to share basically our advice on the types of authors that are successful in subscription. Obviously, the specific question, should you, capital Y, you specifically start a subscription, it's a great one for the Facebook group because we can help you more individually there. Other authors can chime in. But obviously, Amelia, you have been doing your subscription for quite a while. I'd actually have started now multiple subscriptions in different formats, comics, et cetera. What? Someone comes to you at a conference if, or emails you or all the different ways that we have people ask us questions. When someone says, should they start a subscription? What is your advice? What kinds of authors do you think are best suited for it? Yeah, so I would just say everybody. <laughs> Mainly because like, I feel like anybody, whether you're just starting as an author, because I started my subscription before I even published. So whether you're just starting as an author and have zero published books, or if you're a very established author and have a really wild fan base, I definitely think that you should start a subscription. Um, you might not be ready at the moment because you need some some background on on ways to run one, but I think everyone should at least consider running a subscription in a place and and having a place for your super fans to not only connect with each other and have a community, but pay you if they want to pay you. Okay, I'm I'm with you. I think everyone should consider it. I I definitely I definitely agree. But I also know people's first question, which are. I write genre X, we can insert whatever your genre is. Am I going to be successful? Which I, we can't go over every single genre right now, but yeah. how do you feel about the question of genre subscriptions? Like if I'm maybe 
genre? Why should I not start a subscription because of my genre? I personally think you can start a subscription in any genre. Some genres definitely have more prevalence in the subscription, I guess, author community right now, like romance, like RPG. I know, co- I think you mentioned cozy mysteries at some point are doing really well. But I think that you can start a subscription regardless of your genre, mainly because you're servicing your super fans. So if you have super fan, like if a genre has super fans, which all genres do, I think you can have, you can start a subscription, you can have a successful subscription. So even though it might not be, your genre might not be represented in the subscription market at the moment, that doesn't mean that it can't be and you can't be the one to start it. No, that's a, that's a really good point. When you mentioned super fans too, I know people start to think I do as well. Like, what's a, what's a good like? Okay, not all of my fans are super fans, right? So, what is kind of like a conversion, for lack of better words, to your subscription? And there's actually this really funny moment recently. So, when I was recently on Joanna Penn's podcast, it's going to go live the first week of December. So, this podcast will go live for that podcast. But if you haven't listened to Joanna Penn's podcast, you should tune into that. You should tune into that one. You should you tune into other ones too. She's great. But, you know, she kind of asked me a similar-ish question. And I was like, you know, we typically see the conversion rate between like 5% is like super awesome of like your fans who are like book buying regular on retailers or reading your work regular, reading through your books and serial fiction platforms to have like 5% is like stellar. And we see like one, one, one to 5% is kind of the range. This is a big range, but that's because there's a lot of different ranges in terms of how we market things, et cetera. And she went on because she has a subscription for her podcast. And literally like while I said that, looked and looked at like the number of listeners that she has regularly who are listening to most of her podcasts and the number of people that she had in terms of paid subscribers. And it was 4%. So like she hit like right at the top end of that. Like, like I said, 5% is like amazing. Yeah, it was like kind of live proof that like, hey, like these are the expectations that we're sharing with you in this, like they can be met. There's people doing it. So that was really cool. And, and I agree, like, no matter what stage you're at, there is definitely something to be said about your books. I mean, it, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm curious, like, why you think subscriptions have picked up faster in serial fiction? Because I have so many people who say, like, hey, I want to join Ream. She had an author DM me yesterday. I want to join Ream, but I don't have time to write serials. Yeah. They're rewriting on retailers. And I'm like, well, you could do serials on Ream. Like, of course, we're not going to stop you. But you don't have to do serials. There's a lot of, like, kind of, a, people kind of view subscriptions and serials as one when it doesn't have to be. Like, Carol Webster's a huge author on Ream and does not write serials too often. Kat T. Mason, I don't think, typically writes serials from all the research I've done on her. And she's crushing it and just launched a subscription a little while ago. Alina Johnson, same thing. Jack Steen. Dave, I mean, I, I can name a bunch of people, all right? So I can, I can name a bunch of people. With that said, though, why do you think there's that sort of correlation between, oh, if I have to have a subscription, that means I'm doing serial fiction. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And I guess, why do you think it's more popular for serial fiction authors? Because up to this point, people yeah. draw that conclusion and they're not wrong, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot more serial fiction authors that are succeeding in subscriptions as of right now, mm-hmm. portionally to the authors who are in KU or on wide retailers. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think one of the reasons why people think that you have to do serial stories for subscriptions is because like what you just said, 
the majority right now of authors who are doing subscriptions and doing well are those serialized storytellers. Like you look at the RPG there, pretty much, I, I don't want to group them all together, but I feel like the majority of them are doing serialized stories and they're funneling people over from Royal Road. And that's what we see a lot of serialized authors doing um, just because there's very little way to monetize serial stories right now and on the other platforms. So I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of serial storytellers are turning to subscriptions because they host all subscriptions and have all the data on your customers. When you're on these other platforms, you have no data about them. You just have maybe their username and that's it. And there's very, there's not many ways to monetize in, on those other platforms anyway. So. I think that last point. Yeah. That, that last point is the key point. Everything else I agree with, but all of that has been true for retailer authors too. Like retailer authors would benefit from making more money. They benefit from having a direct connection to super fans. They don't have elsewhere. So all that's true. But then it's like, oh, wait, on these, these serial fiction platforms are completely under monetized. Tons of them rip off their writers. Kind of true. And there's a many that treat themselves like writer sweatshops and we rarely yeah. ever use their names because we don't want anyone going there because you will be exploited. And a lot of them are functioning like that. Like be thinking, you said initially, right? The core of subscriptions, what it's about is your super fans. And then made me think about how this industry is changing because there is no secret. There's a lot more authors outside of serial fiction succeeding in subscriptions now compared yeah. to when we started. We started talking about subscriptions. We started this community a year and a half ago. I want to say it was almost all serial fiction authors, literally. Like everyone, but me and you saw it and we're like, wait, like you're actually on retailers now and we're bringing people in from retailers too. So it's not just a serial fiction thing. It's, it's a super fan thing. And I was thinking about it more. This happened in the last year and a half. There's been a kind of awakening of, oh, inflation happened. We saw that one twenty two. The readers are locked inside and spending more money on eBooks and audiobooks than normal. That went down. And we saw that these retailers, especially the big two-letter program KU, aren't actually paying their authors all that well. You know, it's not a sweatshop, okay? What I've seen in the serial fiction space, I get why they went to subscriptions way faster. It was a need. Like, if you wanted to keep producing content for your readers and to create great stories, even though it makes so many writers uncomfortable to charge, at some point you're like, I'm running against my own psychological limits here. I need to... I need to have something to sustain me, right? And obviously, you know, the ecosystem built on retailers served a purpose, was able to help a lot of authors make a living, and it still does. But it's becoming slightly less effective because the whole industry is shifting towards the super fans. It's why we see the rise of crowdfunding. It's why we see the rise of all these sort of business models that are based around super fans. And I think it's a really big shift, especially because we're seeing with the rise of generative AI technologies, these new ways of doing things that the casual readers, there we love them. They exist. That's great. We can be casual readers of many people. But what's actually going to drive your business and make what you're doing sustainable is a super fans. And you need to build a business model for them. And one of the only real things that makes sense to do for your super fans that is that business model is subscriptions. So 
I do think it's something that everyone should and can consider, but that doesn't mean that everyone should then go to serial fiction platforms and think that's the one new subscription. I subscriptions your way. Yeah, I think just like looking at book box comes book box companies too. Like a lot of them, they utilize authors very authors popular books. And those books drive in their super fans to that book box. Um, and then the book box grows. And so it's show like the super fan kind of like mentality around subscriptions is shown not only with serial fiction, but these book box companies as well. Not saying that everyone should go and sort a book box, but you can have a subscription without doing serial fiction. You can have it without doing book boxes. 100%. Someone like Emma... St. Clair on Ream is really focused on really just CUNY events. Mm-hmm. That's what she does a lot of, really CUNY building. Jack Steen does horror short story. But there's a lot of truly an unbelievable amount of different ways to approach it. So yeah. that's it's exciting. It's exciting times. And, you know, in terms of should you start a subscription, maybe the question is, sure, a lot of authors should consider it. Obviously, not everyone should go and do it tomorrow. But that's actually a good point. When should you start a subscription? That that verb in front of should you start a subscription is also really important. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what you think about that because obviously we're all at different stages of our career at different times, but how does career stage influence if and when you should start a subscription? Yeah, I think it depends on your model. If you want to do a book box, if you want to do like physical goods um, or merch, I would say those models tend to do well when you have an established audience already. You can still do it when you don't have much of an audience. But when you have an established audience of super fans who want that content, your subscription may do better than if you have no super fans and you want to launch merch. But if you're just starting, so you realize like we're just like writing and releasing early, like early access is probably the model that you should go for. Um, But I definitely think that you should have a little bit of background and understand how to launch early access, how to do exclusive access or book boxes before you you start. No, I think I think that's really good advice in terms of what model you're doing and the right timing. And I will completely second that. It doesn't oftentimes make financial sense to do merchandise that I mean, print on demand is a little different, but even then, like all the time that you're spending dreaming up of different merch and making the designs, it's probably better. I mean, unless you love it, which if you love it, like don't ignore me, right? You want to do what you love at the end of the day and have fun with it. But if that's something you're dreading, like, oh, I think I got to set up a merch store. No, you definitely don't need to right now. Unless you have like fans asking for it, you have a larger fan base. There's not like a specific number that I would say, but I would shoot for like, I wouldn't want to start a sort of merch tier or a book box if I wasn't going to at least get like five people in. I think five is a good number if you think you can get that. And one thing too, when you're ever starting something with your subscription, and this is the ultimate hack, is you don't have to do it before you get the mark. So let's say you want to start a book box, but you're like, I have no idea if people are going to join. And let's face it, you might want to do a book box. You might want to do early access, 
but it's a lot more exciting if you know that there's people paying for it. Then you're like, now I want to do it, right? You want to do the thing that your fans are paying you for, right? That's a big factor. Well, you can launch your tier. Launch your subscription. Just take long to do it, especially for not overthinking this. And then you see people join when you share it. And if they don't join when you mark your subscription, which by the way, you have other podcasts over. <laughs> but like, if they don't join, then maybe that's an indication that, okay, maybe now is not the time. You don't have to put pressure on yourself to create something that no one's in. You could do that if it's an accountability thing. You don't have to. But if you launch it and someone joins, you've got your answer. Yeah. And it can't hurt to try because it's free to start a subscription. And you also don't have to start a paid tier if you're not ready yet. If you're using a platform like Ream, you could have followers read your stories, follow get your stories so that the readers have to sign up and give you their email to read your chapters, um, which is super, super cool. They get them delivered securely, um, notifications so the chapters aren't in email and they can comment inside. It's like a ton of fun. It's a really cool business model. So like, if you're like, just interested in like kind of starting a community and want to engage your fans, you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for this whole subscription thing yet. You could still use a membership platform to start connecting with your fans and just not charge yet. That is completely valid. Yeah, I agree. And when once you get like that first subscriber in there, it, it's, it kind of validates like, hey, especially if we're doing like physical tiers, like if one person wants it, there's probably a chance that other readers may want it as well. I mean, it's priced correctly. I just have to, to improve marketing or I need to let those other readers know. And then with serial fiction, once you have that first subscriber and you've committed to like posting once a week or once a month or however your cadence is, you kind of like hold yourself up to that. Like I have to post once, once a week, once a month. I'm going to sit down and make time, right? I know a lot of authors who started serial fiction through their subscription and it's become very easy for them to kind of stay on a schedule which I found too. So you're not like waiting until like the day before Amazon wants you to submit your manuscript to finish it all. It's your writing as you go. And yeah. I totally agree. I'm with you. I, I hope, I hope all this is helpful for people like who are thinking about starting, who aren't sure. And also one last thing, if you haven't yet signed up for our mailing list, you should. If you're on this podcast and you're not on our mailing list, go to the link description to sign up for it because there's so much stuff that we do that's like not on this RSS feed that we update you on, that we share resources on and advice. So being on the mailing list is important in my opinion. But that's enough from us. Hope everyone has an amazing rest of the day. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world. <laughs>